This podcast episode should not be used as a substitute for medical or mental health advice. Individuals are advised to seek independent medical advice, counseling, and or therapy from a healthcare professional with respect to any medical condition, mental health issue, or health inquiry, including matters discussed on this podcast episode. Welcome back to the Unfiltered Podcast. This is episode 24. In today's episode, Lynn, professional speaker, toxic relationship coach and attorney, will answer these five questions from our community. 1. I'm having a tough time figuring out if I'm working with a narcissist. How do narcissists behave at work? 2. I have the worst luck in the world. I'm currently working two jobs because of the financial abuse that my narcissistic ex put me through. And I somehow ended up finding two jobs with two narcissists. How can I deal with a narcissist at work? One narcissist is my boss and the other one is a colleague, but she had been there longer than me. Do I have to approach each narcissist differently because of their positions? 3. Why do narcissists use triangulation in the workplace and how can I protect myself from it? I can't just quit my job. I have to provide for my family. But I don't know how much longer I can deal with the craziness going on at my work. 4. Why are narcissists often in leadership roles in the workplace? 5. What are 5 to 10 signs that you would give someone who is interviewing for a job that they can be on the lookout for to spot a narcissistic environment? Like imagine that this interview had two parts, one with the boss and another with the tour of the office. What should we be looking out for? Hi Lynn, thank you for joining me today. It's nice to have you on this podcast episode. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about our subject today. That's great to hear. So let's get started then. And the first question is, I am having a tough time figuring out if I'm working with a narcissist. How do narcissists behave at work? So I have uh, broken it down into 10 red flags of toxic people or narcissists at work. Um, and this applies to coworkers, managers, supervisors, your boss, could be any, any one of those people. So number one, they don't take responsibility for their poor decisions. They're the first ones to smile for the TV cameras, but they're known for throwing people under the bus. Um, perhaps even driving the bus, but um, they, they just can't, can't accept that responsibility. Number two, the employee, um, I'm sorry, they avoid conflicts at all costs. They love consensus and hate disagreement. They don't like to have uncomfortable conversations ever. They make edicts and you either abide or you leave. Number three, this one's the worst and I think it's the most common amongst uh, all workplaces. They micromanage everyone. You know, um, they ask you to do a task for them and then they email you to check on it. Then they ask you again. Then they ask the person that you were supposed to ask, rinse and repeat. 
They do not trust anyone completely, and thus they never empower or truly delegate authority. I think it must be exhausting for them. Number four, they don't communicate well or sometimes at all. You know, um, a toxic person will tell you one thing one day and have a completely different concept the next day. They'll change their mind quickly and uh, they expect you to keep up with them. Number five, they assume that everyone is on call 24-7, no matter your pay level or level of responsibility. You know, this is a real disrespect for personal time. You're hired for a job for 40 hours a week, and then you realize that they want you all the time. Number six, they have no boundaries. They text and email at all hours and get upset if they don't receive a response. You know, this, these are concepts and ideas that could clearly wait for Monday. You know, a normal person would maybe write themselves a note, send themselves an email, whatever it is, it can wait for Monday. But this type of person needs validation immediately for whatever they're thinking. So they need to contact all the people involved and cause all kinds of drama unnecessarily. Number seven, they don't plan, they just react. There's no like overall strategic plan for the organization. They just keep pivoting in what almost feels like a nightmarish version of the hokey pokey. You know, we just keep constantly going into another pivot. If something doesn't work, we blame someone or something and go on to the next thing. But they often cast aspersions on someone else or throw shade on someone else to blame them for the pivot and cast themselves as the hero. Eight, they focus on short-term goals and short-term optics without concern for actual solutions. You know, this is so irritating as, as a, an outsider or a bystander because you can clearly see that a real solution needs to be had. You need to have real, honest, open conversations about something and all they're concerned about is putting a fresh coat of paint on something and taking some photographs. So they don't do that. Um, number nine, they completely ignore turnovers. So this is a really big indicator that your workplace is toxic if there is a high percentage of turnovers. Uh, I worked in a place that had almost 25% turnovers in one year and CEO didn't see anything wrong with it at all. Why? Because they don't want to shed light on their toxic behavior. And in order to discuss why people are leaving, you need to have that conversation. So that's never going to happen. And then number 10, they're opinionated, but without any positive reinforcement. So they're going to tell you you're wrong. They're going to criticize you, but they're not going to give you any tips or strategies or coaching on the right way to do something. So there's never any positive reinforcement. And once you've been berated or belittled by this person, you still don't know what they're looking for because you can't read their mind. So those are the 
10 ways that I would uh, identify a toxic person in the workplace. Thank you so much. Such a comprehensive list checklist. I would like to ask something about you had the number two and you said that uh, there is like they avoid conflict. And I feel like I have heard many times, I, uh, I have heard many times that, especially in romantic relationships, so not in work environment, but in romantic relationships, narcissistic often tend to, like it, they, it, has, it even has a term like baiting, that they bait their spouses into these conflicts and arguments. So can you say something about why then at the workplace they would avoid those? What, why do they do that? Well, so in a personal relationship, they might bait you into that conflict, but then they're going to turn the tables and make themselves the victim. Like they're never going to take responsibility for their actions. They're never going to be the aggressor. You know, they're going to gaslight you into uh, their perception of reality. They're never going to see things from anyone else's perspective. And toxic people in the workplace behave the same. They don't want to see it either. So they avoid conflict. Like they they have someone else uh, do their dirty work, if you will. They have someone else do the firing, right? They're, they're the positive. They're going to hire people. But that person over there is going to go and fire people because they don't want anything to do with it. Does that clarify a little bit? Yeah, it did. Thank you. Uh, okay, then the second question. Okay, I have the worst luck in the world. Uh, I'm currently working two jobs because of the financial abuse that my narcissistic ex put me through. And I somehow ended up finding two jobs with two narcissists. How can I deal with... <laughs> yeah, it's such an unfortunate situation, but how can I deal with a narcissist at work? One narcissist is my boss and the other one is a colleague, but she had been there longer than me. Do I have to approach each narcissist differently because of their positions? So my general answer is no, in the sense that I have a strategy. It's a three-part strategy for dealing with these types of people. Um, sometimes when I coach people, about a personal relationship where they've suffered narcissistic abuse, I use some of these strategies because they do translate. Don't forget, narcissist behavior is incredibly consistent across all relationships. So the way they behave to you at work is the same way they behave to someone at home. And it's the same way that your narcissistic ex behaved to you. Um, they're just different parts of the relationship, but their behaviors are consistent, which allows us this incredible ability to identify them and avoid them in the future. So I think that when you see these red flags in a personal relationship, you'll see them in the professional relationship too. And that's what I help people with is, is the identification. But I'm going to give you my three-part strategy on dealing with these people in the workplace. So I call it my David Bowie Rolling Stones method to rise above the chaos. So now I'm sure I've got your attention. Um, the first step is to ch -ch -ch change your perspective. Second part is to ch -ch -ch change your approach. And the third part is you can't always get what you want, but you might just find you get what you need. So let's break it down. The first part, to ch -ch -ch change your perspective. So we need to accept that we can't change other people. 
However, we can change ourselves. And so we need to show our high levels of emotional intelligence. Narcissists have very low emotional intelligence. So if we show our high levels of emotional intelligence by being the change we want to see in the organization, become empowered that the knowledge that your toxic whomever, right, whether this is a boss or a colleague, their bad behavior is deeply rooted in insecurity. So change your perspective about them. Try not to take their words and actions personally. I know how difficult that is, even as I say that to you, but it is important to, to really try not to take it personally. When someone micromanages you, you need to just focus on the task because if you're going to stay in the organization, you need to do the job no matter what. And then I always tell people, try and avoid interactions with this person as much as possible without sounding an alarm. You know, it allows you to focus on doing a good job and, you know, they become more tolerable if you see them less. We know that, right? Okay, number two, ch -ch -ch change your approach. So accept that each toxic person has their own communication style. Stop trying to challenge it. Embrace it. The more you learn about their communication preferences, the better you'll be able to adapt and have more effective, efficient conversations. When they text and email on evenings and weekends, establish boundaries. Answer them at an appropriate time. Figure out your limit. We can't control other people, but we can control how we respond to them. So choose how to respond to them. Keep the relationship strictly professional and respond in a respectful, positive, professional manner. Number three, you can't always get what you want, but you might just find you get what you need. You need to be strong enough to know that you may not receive the credit you deserve or the positive praise for your exceptional work from this type of person. You need to have strong inner resources to continue on. You need to be confident in yourself that it doesn't matter if they take all the credit for your job and don't give you one iota of praise. Focus on helping the organization. Toxic people don't want to hear the negatives. Just focus on what you can contribute that's positive. This helps build trust with them. Help them succeed by becoming a trusted partner. If they operate from feelings of fear and demonstrate poor communication skills, help them. Show them you can be trusted to focus on positive tasks for the organization. Thank you so much. That was really, really helpful. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Uh, then we have interesting question as well. And it is, why do narcissists use triangulation in the workplace and how can I protect myself from it? I can't just quit my job. I have to provide for my family, but I don't know how much longer I can deal with the craziness going on at my work. Okay. So first of all, I know that 
many of your listeners are very uh, educated about narcissistic abuse and probably know the terminology, but just in case they don't, triangulation is one of uh, the narcissist's favorite tactics where they like to pit two people against one another. Um, they might do that by telling one some information and then telling the other different information and then, you know, making, creating drama where there isn't any, all in the goals of portraying themselves as the savior, right? Like they, they can fix everything. They're, they're, they're the, the key to the whole relationship. Um, I speak from experience. I had, um, I've suffered narcissistic abuse uh, from my father for years. And at one point he tried to triangulate my husband and I, and I saw it happening. And so many times, if you can see it, you can put a stop to it by saying to the other person who's being triangulated, you know, don't, don't fall prey to this, right? <laughs> but at work, how, like, what are some tips to deal with this narcissist at work? So we know they need to be recognized as the best and, and they make constant demands at work. They need meetings to fit their schedules and have special treatment. Don't forget they'll throw anyone under the bus that gets in their way, right? So, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry. <clears throat> no, you can't control them, but you can control how you react, which is basically my last answer too, but five ways or six ways, I'm sorry, six things you can do. One, stay calm. Show your high emotional intelligence. I feel like this could be a repetitive um, cheer for us, right? But you're showing that you have command of your emotions. Number two, focus on facts, not feelings. They don't care about your feelings because of their low emotional intelligence, right? <laughs> so keep it about the facts only. Three, boundaries. Set your limits. Know the less you see them, the easier it is to tolerate them. Four, they're not gonna change. You need to accept that narcissists, they can't and they won't change. Accept them for who they are, where they are. Lower your expectations. Five, ignore them as best you can. Try not to engage. They want to provoke a response from you. Don't give it to them. And six, you must report any abusive behavior. You know, if their behavior crosses the line into abusive, you need to document, record, and report to human resources. Thank you. Uh, so often, uh, thank you for clarifying the term triangulation. And like we, like you said, it involves like, uh, turning people against each other. So let's say this person who asked this question, uh, do you think, should they approach the person that the narcissist is trying to turn against them? And when are there any signs when you could tell like, okay, it's like over because the third person already is kind of uh, like, believes the narcissist only and it's like if you just try to go convince them otherwise you kind of make the situation worse so yeah is there what what would you say to that i think if you see it happening i mean normally they're not going to triangulate two strangers they're gonna tr they're gonna try and separate 
a team or you know people that are already bonded friends so it, it's not hard to see it happening because certainly if you're close to this person you can see you know signs of fracture right signs of unhappiness signs of discontent and once you see that and you connect the dots to the narcissist you need to be forthright and go right to the person that you're closest to and say listen we can't let this happen i don't think it will make the situation worse i think that by you being open and transparent and having those lines of communication you can put a stop to it right away okay thank you so much i'm i'm sure many like people uh are wondering what to do because it often when we read stuff about narcissism it's uh well it's a little bit different i mean it is different situation but it's often always advised that if you are dealing with a flying monkey which is already a person who believes the narcissist then you have to disin disengage but in this situation it's like you said like it's it's it's, it's different so yeah yes yes agreed yeah so uh then the fourth question why are narcissists often in leadership roles in the workplace yeah frustrating really frustrating so you know studies show that narcissists often have the and this was was a quote I found somewhere, the means, the motive, and the opportunity to attain leadership positions. So, you know, the qualities that make these people so unattractive seem to work for them in leadership roles. You know, narcissism is tied closely to leadership emergence as narcissists tend to be initially, they're very confident, they're charismatic and charming. Leadership is a natural goal for them because it feeds their motivational goals of status, power, and attention. However, I believe, and this, this helps me sleep at night, I believe that the era, the era, E-R-A, era, time period of narcissistic leadership is coming to a close. I believe that leading with empathy, specifically with high emotional intelligence, is the new wave. Because this would be a new breed of leaders and CEOs who will be engaged with their employees, who will lead with that knowledge that other people matter. And I just, I truly believe that we're going to see a change thank you so much that is i really hope that that is the like direction and but and i think i i have seen that as well that or maybe i've been just lucky but for example all the all the bosses that i have had in the past like it was like i was always very involved and it was it was really great and I think, I don't know, do you agree, but um, in my circles, it's almost like younger generation or people at my age, they kind of demand, they demand like uh, that they want a healthy workplace and they want to have a healthy work and 
is it work life balance i'm not sure is it that yeah and it's like i think that is also a good thing that people when people are demanding it then some people are going to respond to it and those workplaces that are going to respond to that are going to be more attractive to people and yeah that's just how it goes i don't know if you can agree with that i think that's amazing and i am so so excited for this next generation to come in and be demanding of that because that's what's going to push us all forward that's what's going to make the change but you know the best side effect of the pandemic was employees realizing that they no longer had to tolerate this type of bad behavior from their boss and that they didn't want to work in a toxic workplace so how great is it that a horrible global pandemic made us aware of the things that we're not no longer willing to tolerate mm, exactly that is great yeah. Uh, then the final question, let's go into that. It is about, it says, what are five to ten signs that you would give someone who is interviewing for a job that they can be on the lookout for to spot a narcissistic environment? Like imagine that this interview had two parts, one with the boss and another with the with a tour, tour of the office. What should we be looking out for? So, you know, we can, most of us can spot a, a toxic workplace once we're working in it, right? Once it's too late and we've accepted the job and we see people stabbing each other in the back and throwing each other under the bus. And, you know, we see that, that type of uh, disheartened negative workplace. But how could, what if we could see it before we took the job, right? When we're in the application process or when we're even like thinking about it and looking at these um, positions, you know, an interview with a with your prospective boss, they're going to be on their best behavior. They're really not going to reveal much during the interview that you would be able to identify. But I do believe that you need to do your research. And if this, if this company is somewhere that you want to work, you need to look at all of the different platforms out there that have um, places where they're advertising positions. So I know in the US we have Glassdoor and Indeed. I don't know if those are international, but um, also LinkedIn, which is international. And on those types of platforms, you can really dig into a lot of research. I know on LinkedIn, you can literally see who, like it'll come up and it'll say who in your connections worked there. And then you can reach out to them. I would, I would absolutely reach out to people and say, hey, I'm thinking about, you know, taking a job at XYZ organization. What do you think of that? And here's the thing, unhappy employees talk. So be sure you're going to get some information and some feedback. Um, also, like Google, if there's ever been interviews with their leadership, you know, online in any um, magazines or newspapers, because oftentimes um, leadership reveals their bad behavior. Also, check out the organization on LinkedIn, you know, look up the company's name and in, in court records, 
like there's a lot of resources at your fingertips uh, today. But I definitely recommend reaching out to past employees, uh, especially on LinkedIn. I think it's easy. But, you know, it's incumbent upon you to be an educated prospective employee. Find out everything you can about a workplace before applying and working there. Thank you. That is great. I want to like ask for clarification. You said the leadership, they are real. <laughs> their leadership reveals their bad behavior. So what can you like, can you clarify that part? Well, so uh, narcissists are very good at showing the cracks in their personality. And what do I mean by that? So a lot of times, um, narcissists use projection, we know, so they project their bad behavior onto you. But they also will tell the truth in ways that are unexpected. So they'll brag about something that they think is an accomplishment when in reality, it was about hurting you or hurting someone else. And you see them for who they really are. Well, toxic bosses do the same thing, right? They're going to brag about firing people or they're going to brag about um, not having the right policies, you know, or skating or doing doing things that are not politically correct. And then you'll see it. Thank you. Yeah, yes. that, that makes sense. And I can see that happening. <laughs> Happening all the time yeah yes okay thank you uh today we had some great questions and great answers so thank you for listening and thank you lynn so much for coming to this episode and answering all these questions absolutely thank you for having me